the reason that we procrastinate is not necessarily because we're irresponsible, but it's because our brains are protecting us. Entrepreneurs love talking about business. However, it's no secret there's also so many things they love talking about which are not about business. In the Sea of Business podcasts, none of your business is a refreshing break, a surprise kiss, an afternoon fizz. Through Carla Singson's cheeky and radical takes on mundane and principle-heavy topics, you'll gain insights that guarantee you something to talk about on your first Tinder date, while visiting grandma, or if you want to impress your new boss. Big thanks to Proximity Outsourcing for sponsoring this episode. Outsource the most tedious tasks in your business, such as data management, appointment setting, and creatives for less than $12 an hour, fully managed. Visit ProximityOutsourcing.com for more info. Tired of business podcasts? Tune in to None of Your Business. New episodes weekly. Hello, hello, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of None of Your Business. So today, we are going to talk about a topic that haunts most of us, whether you're an entrepreneur, an employee, you don't do, you know, you don't do any work, even if you're probably a housewife or a mother or a father, or you're in the art scene. So this is something that everyone kind of experiences i was gonna say suffers from but it doesn't really have to be suffering and today we have a very special guest because i was listening to his podcast and he shared something that really struck me and so our guest today is josh thomas he is a serial entrepreneur speaker podcast host and self-proclaimed fancy pants consultant who has worked with more than five thousand entrepreneurs over the past decade. Wow, it's a lot of people and that's a lot of positive change out there. So kudos to you, Josh. His methods, often often painfully simple yet extremely effective, have been responsible for a quick 2 to 10x business growth across more than 30 different industries. He is the host of the BYOB Lunch Club and also runs a development program for six-figure entrepreneurs called Factor One. So ladies and gentlemen, here's Josh Thomas. Josh, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, thanks for that, that introduction. You know, I, I decided a long time ago that I'm just going to claim the consultant role. You know, you, you, if you ever really want to like end a conversation quickly, just tell somebody you're a consultant. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm a fancy pants consultant. I'm going to own it. That's who I am. You can't take it away from me. <laughs> so, so something you, that you said was, if you want to end the conversation right away, is it because you want people to assume that you're going to charge them when they <laughs> stop yeah. talking to you? Uh, well, it's just kind of like this generic term that it's like, I'm a consultant. Like, have you ever been at a party and somebody said, I'm a consultant and you actually wanted to know more about what they did? Like, no. I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. You can, or you can also like add other vague words before the word consultant. Oh yeah, I'm a logistics consultant. How about right. that? That's yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost fell to, I fell asleep just saying it. <laughs> I'm a tax consultant. Like oh, so sexy. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I know. 
I, I've also had a weird relationship with the word consultant because I've I've done consulting and I still do a little bit of consulting, but it is, it, it you know, it's normal to have kind of like a love-hate relationship with the word, right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the thing, and uh, you know this this podcast is called None of Your Business, uh, <laughs> but it's a podcast for entrepreneurs, and and I think how we identify ourselves sometimes has a lot of impact on our outside lives. Uh, just as an example, I I'm I'm constantly meeting people that are trying to put me into a box, mm. and I don't like being in boxes. I'm claustrophobic, and <laughs> I don't. You know, oh, so you're a coach. No, I'm not a coach. I'm not like a guy that wears a visor and runs around with a whistle and like makes you do more reps. Like, that's not me. Right. Uh, you know, technically I'm a consultant. Nobody likes that word. It's like a four letter word. But then again, somebody's trying to like, okay, I'm going to categorize and classify this guy so that it's easier for me to understand him. And that can affect you. Like we we tend as entrepreneurs, we tend to identify ourselves by what we do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, tell me something good about, uh, you know, your life right now. Oh, well, I'm a consultant. That's, is that good? Or, I mean, I don't know what that means. You know, I'll give you one thing. I, I know that I don't want to get one more, one more point. And I'll, You're fine. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you one thing that speaking of identity, mm. when, when we, are in a networking situation or even a social situation that has nothing to do with business. Mm -hmm. The topic always kind of gravitates towards work in some capacity or, or it's most of us, we're spending a third of our life asleep. Mm -hmm. We're spending another third of our life at work. Mm -hmm. And then there's some other time in between that we are supposed to be enjoying ourselves, but we spend a lot of time doing our work. Mm -hmm. And so we go to some networking function or some social function and we want to identify and categorize those people. And the first thing that we walk up to somebody when that we're first meeting, Hey, my name's Josh. Hey, my name's Carla. What's the first question we usually ask? Right. Usually it's uh, what do you do? What do you do? Hmm. And how do you answer that question? Typically for me, I always say I have a service-based business that helps Online businesses scale fast and easy with outsourcing. But is that what you do? Yeah, it, not all the time, actually, because I also outsource. <laughs> right. Do you like, do you do other things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for would, me, would you, I, define, would you define what you actually do by the, the business that you have? No, not necessarily. Um, I think it's also, I try to be mindful about what I think they want to know. Like, um, mm. like when I was, for example, when I was single and I was dating and this guy would ask me, so what do you do? You know, it's not necessarily like the first question and then they, it will come up. I used yeah. to change my answer depending on who I'm talk talking to. I actually make an effort, actually make an effort to to kind of match what would pique their interest and yeah. I don't know what you yeah. what... <laughs> That's I used to I used to say I'm a writer actually I used to say I'm a writer a lot yeah okay and so but you kind of identify by that mm -hmm. yeah and you're yeah. helping and you're going so far as to identify yourself in a way that you think they want to identify you mm -hmm. 
and and how much long term how much does us being defined by how we make money or what we think somebody wants to think about us how much does that start affecting our self esteem over time like a long time like a long drip campaign of that yeah what do you do? this is who i am this is who you want me to be right yeah how much does yeah that impact us over time yeah, I think the I think that definitely gives a huge impact because you speak it into reality and you keep you're not just reminding the world, you're also reminding yourself. I think what what I try to be conscious about is I have the power to change it and by however I feel or whatever my intention is. So mm. um and, and that goes to, you know, any other habits that we also have. Like, what about you? What do you usually answer when, when someone asks you, what do you do? It depends on the situation, obviously, but uh, a lot of times if I, if I'm feeling especially powerful, yeah, somebody comes up to me and says, well, so what do you do? I'm going to look right back at him and I'm saying, I don't want to talk about that. Ask me a better question. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) and, uh, and, but a lot of times if I have the opportunity to lead that in exchange. The question I'm going to ask is a variation of what's getting you excited right now? Yeah. Yeah. What are you really fired up about? Yeah. What is something really good that happened to you this week? Tell me something good. Yeah. Yeah. I Those like are the that. types of things that it gets the conversation away from identity. Mm. Who are you? I need to identify and classify you. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, I want to know who you are as a human being. What what do you what do you really try to extract from the world? What value are you bringing to the world? What value are you creating? What are you looking at on your daily basis that you're really like, man? I just can't believe how beautiful the world is. What is yeah. that thing that you're getting so excited about? And you would be surprised, Carla, when you ask that question. How many people's eyes just light up like, oh, yeah. man, dude, I got to tell you this project I'm working on right now. It is just getting me going because it's going to change the world, right? <laughs> and now they're talking about what they do for work, but they're talking about the thing that really excites them, not like mm. tax consultant. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm working on tax software and it's going to like eliminate the IRS completely. And oh, my God, <laughs> I can't believe, it. you know, like. That's what I want to hear. That's what I care about. And that's and that's what helps me really appreciate who somebody is as a human being. Yeah, I like that. I used to pepper in like, what do you do for fun? To just kind of get it out of them. Or, you know, once again, it depends on the situation, right? Um, I'm also very like jokey, like in person. So if I, a really good pattern interrupt is I would just like say, so how was your childhood? And they would usually just like laugh. And then they're like, what the fuck? Like, what kind of question? And then, and then it's, you know, the ice is broken. And then we start talking about fun things. Stealing that one. Yeah. <laughs> should I, should I go, should I go get you a drink from the bar? Do we need a couple hours for this? Yeah. And then he's like calling his friend, like, do you call me after 10 minutes? Say I have an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I know one of the one of the things that's uh, that you had brought me on to talk about. uh, Ironically, we've been 
procrastinating on uh, talking about <laughs> is is procrastination. Um, and so I know that's that is a uh, this is an illness that every human being suffers from, but mm. especially entrepreneurs. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And go ahead. In, in, in did you have a question about that? Sorry. No, no, no. You're you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so I I got into really studying how humans tend to behave uh, because I would be having the same conversations over and over and over again. And I would get the same excuses from people over and over and over again. I'd be on like a sales call or something. And it was just like, man, these answers are, they're too uniform to be mm. a coincidence. It's almost like, it's almost like there's a book that everybody in a sales situation has to read before they get on a sales call. It's like, oh, when you're uncomfortable, say this, you know, when, when it's time for you to actually do something to, to get yourself out of that rut that you put yourself into, here's a bunch of BS that you can say <laughs> that'll keep you there. Yeah. Happily. Yeah. You know? And, and so it all has to do with a procrastination uh, is something we can all understand. But what it all has to do with is even simpler than procrastination. It's delay. Mm. And it, when we think about delay, why do we delay doing something? Mm -hmm. What are some reasons that you might delay taking an action? It's Legitimate. not fun. Huh? It's not fun. It's not fun. What else? Yeah. Um, there would be a sense of loss, like for example, doing a payment or, um, doing a chore. You feel like oh, I have a lot, I could use that time. Somewhere. Not a priority. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not fun. It's not a priority. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a pain, pain of loss. Yeah. Some sort of loss. It's uncomfortable. Mm, it's uncomfortable. Um, what else? It's unfamiliar. Think, yeah, it's unfamiliar. You don't want to feel stupid in the moment. Like uh, I got, I have a team uh, in the Philippines. We do outsourcing. And when ChatGPT blew up, I told them, all right, guys, let's have a workshop on how to learn this thing. And uh, I'll gather the best practices. I'll share them with you. Some of them didn't. And then after that workshop, I followed up with some of my teammates. Did you use it? How was your experience? And they haven't. They were just, um, they still felt intimidated. And they admitted to me that they didn't want to feel stupid um, by even starting. They don't even know. So it was just unfamiliar to them. So, so we're getting to the root of the issue here. Mm -hmm. The reason that we procrastinate is not necessarily because we're irresponsible. Mm -hmm. But it's because our brains are protecting us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, our brains are very powerful. Uh, and unfortunately, they have not received a firmware upgrade in more than 2 million years. <laughs> We're using the same OS that the mm -hmm. cavemen did. We have the exact same components. Uh, you know, we, it's being fed different data, but the processing system remains. Right. And, we have all of this antiquated equipment 
that is designed to keep us from starving to death, to keep us from going extinct by continuing the procreation of the species Mm -hmm. and keep us from getting by saber-toothed tigers. Right. right? We've got all of these survival mechanisms in place. And millions of years ago, uh, you know, if we didn't, if we didn't mate, humanity would go extinct. If we didn't uh, secure enough food for the tribe, humanity would go extinct. If we weren't careful and avoiding dangerous situations where wild animals who were superior to us physically uh, could, could attack us, humanity would go extinct. And so there were all of these existential threats around us. And now there's food everywhere. So we're fat. Um, there, there, uh, you know, there's uh, sex is plentiful. You know, there's, we don't have to worry about that. There's too many people. There's too many damn people. Right. And most importantly, the mortal threat of death from some wild animal is basically non-existent. Mm-hmm. And so our brain doesn't realize that. Mm-hmm. That little knot in the back of your head, the amygdala, the fight or flight, all of these things are still running at full speed. And what they're doing is they're scanning the horizon, looking for threats, right? trying to keep us alive. And when they don't see a saber-toothed tiger, they're like, all right, well, I, I have this feeling. What's the next threat that I can feel in order for this feeling to be validated because our ego can't let us be wrong. Our ego is protecting us. Well, I feel threatened, but there's nothing to be threatened about. Uh, That thing over there. And if the threat is not death, it's discomfort. Mm. Right. And all of those things that you just mentioned of why we delay, how many of them had to do with discomfort? All of them. All of them. Yeah. Every single one of them had to do with discomfort. And so if we're uncomfortable, our brain is kicking in and saying, that's a threat. Right. Guys, we got to get back to homeostasis. It's better to just stay inside, Hmm. stay in our comfort zone, stay in the things that we know because they're comfortable. They're predictable. We conserve energy by being comfortable. When we go to the gym, we work out. We're moving a bunch of metal around. That's uncomfortable. We're expending energy. Our brain keeps telling us to stop doing that because it doesn't know when we're going to eat again. What if we never find any more food? No, we're tired. <laughs> it still doesn't realize that food's not an issue. It still doesn't realize the saber-toothed tigers went extinct. It still doesn't realize that there's basically no existential threat at this point. So it's looking for it. And it's looking for that in your discomfort. And that's why it's telling you to procrastinate and to delay because it's like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe we don't need to do that. Mm. The resource issue. Yeah, that's very powerful. It's funny because my own thoughts is usually when we procrastinate on something really important, because people procrastinate on big and small things. It's just fascinating how, right? And for example, for people who procrastinate on the big things, why is the threat of discomfort? Why do you think is a threat of discomfort, the overarching feeling compared to the discomfort 
of not finishing that thing or the the punishment even no that's a powerful word the punishment of not doing that thing uh, human beings are uh, typically they act for one of two reasons they are running away from pain or mm -hmm. they are running toward pleasure mm -hmm. and different people respond to each of those stimuli differently mm. uh, as an example and 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 each person depending on their situation may respond to those stimuli differently uh, i know that there have been relationships personal relationships that i have entered into that were me running away from pain and then there have been other personal relationships that I've been into, meaning meaning me running toward pleasure. And so which one of those was serving me better at that moment is the one that I went with. Was it the right one? Well, that's a that's a whole other podcast, Carla. But <laughs> um, but but the idea here is if the if the pain of staying where you are is less than the pleasure that you could achieve by going over there hmm. you're gonna stay right and if the pleasure of staying where you are is more than the pain that it's going to take to go over there you're gonna stay and so which one of those is out of balance or out of whack that's going to help you determine which direction you know you need to do that but I kind of got a good thing here. I don't know. I was just talking to a guy this morning. Uh, it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm doing okay with my job and I'm making good money. Uh, you know, I kind of, I'd like to do better, but I don't, I'm just like, I'm not in that much pain. And if you don't have pain, you're you're not motivated to move. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like it's almost like what will really what will really inspire you or compel you to move, right? Cuz the other layer of this is even though people even though you think people would have learned their lesson, they would still not. <laughs> um I remember when I was younger I worked for this ad agency like 10 years ago and I was doing sales. And uh, I remember my tasks were, of course, to pitch, to follow up, that's it, close the sale. And I remember just procrastinating on the follow-up. And when I finally followed up, I would have the client reply to me, sorry, we went with someone else, you took too long, or we went with someone else. They were cheaper, but if we would have negotiated. So the result that there was all that, would have we would have gone with you if you did this and then I you know in my first few months I would always kind of kick myself and tell myself okay Carla you learned your lesson you know you lost a commission and all that but I still kept doing it even like years later when I had my own business um and so what do you think is going on there like why do people also like not learn their lesson I like to talk about a concept called 3D. Mm. Uh, 3D gives you the, the full panoramic vision of your situation. 
most of us are missing at least one D, if not all three. And here's what the 3D is. 3D stands for diagnosis, mm. destination, discovery. Mm. Okay. Diagnosis is getting a crystal clear picture of exactly where you're at right mm. now. most of us, if we're intentional about it, most of us can get that. Most of us can diagnose or we can go and get some help to diagnose exactly where we're at, what our situations. The fundamental part, though, is the one in the middle. That's the one that hooks everything together. It's your destination. Mm. If you don't have clarity on where you want to go or what you want to accomplish, you're, you're never going to do the things that you need to do delay and procrastination will become acceptable alternatives because you don't have a clear path. Look at it like this. Uh, I know you're in Mexico, but uh, if, if, if you were here in the United States and let's say you're in Texas and you wanted to take a road trip mm. to Disney World, mm -hmm. 16, 18 hour drive, something like that. Uh, we got to figure out, all right, how long is it? How much money do we need to take for gas? Do we need to buy tickets? Do we need mm -hmm. to rent a hotel? Are we going to stop overnight in the middle? Or are we going to power through? Do I need an extra driver? Who's going with me? All of this stuff, we got to figure it out. But if we know we're going to Disney World, and we know that our tickets are for next Wednesday, and we know that we have this much money, everything else is going to fall into place. And we're not going to procrastinate. We have to be there on Wednesday at two. Right. We're not going to delay any decision at that point because we're trying to get somewhere. Hmm. But if we're taking a road trip and I said, hey, Carla, man, let's, let's head out. Let's go on a road trip. What's your first question going to be? We're, hey, man, let's go take a road trip. What's the first hmm. thing that you ask? Like, when is this? Or Okay, when is it? Yeah. What else? What else do we need to prepare or something like that? Where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, where are we going? Right? Like, why am I getting the car with you, dude? Yeah. If you don't have that, if I just say, I don't know, I just figure we'll just drive around for a while and find a spot that makes sense. Hmm. Like, like a serial killer. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, right. But it's also a little serial killery. <laughs> like, we'll just find a spot. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of something that you could do. That's cool. But, but you're going to be really inefficient with that. Like, well, should I pack an overnight bag? I don't know. Um, should we bring some money for gas? Should we get like a hotel room? Uh, I don't know. Right. And so if we don't have a destination, nation in mind that's leading to lots of procrastination and delay because it's an acceptable alternative mm. if we have a destination there is no acceptable alternative we have to reach it that's it yeah and so the the solution you have to diagnose where you at mm -hmm. i'm in austin texas where do you want to be i want to i want to go to disney world and then we do the discovery to figure out all right how do i get from where i am to where i want to be 
how do I build that path? And then there's very little room for variance or delay or, or any other decision at that point, because you're just following a predetermined path to get to a destination you already identified. Right, right. So the third D that you mentioned was discovery. Uh, so where does that uh, play in? Uh, how does that complete the 3D metaphor? Yeah, sure. So uh, if we know where we're at and we know mm -hmm. where we want to be, we have to discover the path of least resistance to mm. get from, from where we are to where we want to go. So the discovery is the plan, the, the action items, the accessory list. What are we packing? Where are we staying? Let's discover what this trip's going to actually look like. Plus, it started with D, and that allowed me to say 3D. So, Yeah, you, you even put Disney in there, so... Disney, yeah, right? The Disney <laughs> metaphor. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I love that. So diagnosis, knowing where you are or where your your whole situation, uh, destination is where you're going, your ideal outcome, and discovery, discovering your path to least resistance. I like that. This is a really, really good approach. And one of the things I'm admittedly procrastinating on right now is my wedding planning. I, I got engaged last month and people, at first I started to look at dresses and then I got overwhelmed and then people started asking me about dates and I got overwhelmed. I didn't want to answer anyone. And I told my fiance, let's just elope because this is crazy. Uh, and then he was like, no, no, let's, let's do a real wedding. And then, so I've just kind of been procrastinating on it. Um, and, and I think the, the problem is I haven't discovered how I can deal with it with least resistance. I mean, as someone who has, you know, even gave seminars about productivity and time management, I used to do that as an executive coach. It's still not that easy to kind of sit with your situation and be fully honest with yourself uh, so that you can like solve your own problems. So yes. In that in that process, though, of trying to sit with yourself, solving your own problems, how do how can is there a way that we pre like have a preemptive strike against procrastination? Like what are triggers for procrastination and how can we identify it before it even happens or something like that? Uh, with without being really intentional about it, I got to tell you, it's hard. Mm. Uh, because it, it's it flies under the radar, mm -hmm. it, and and that's by design. Your brain is tricking you into staying where you're at because your brain is not out for your best interest. Your brain is out for survival and for, nothing yeah. more. Mm -hmm. So, so I would say, as far as a preemptive strike, the first thing that you really have to do is you have to understand all of the strong signals that you receive from your brain. The only purpose they have is your personal safety and survival. Nothing else. It is your 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 brain is not hardwired for personal growth. It's hardwired for survival and nothing else. That personal growth comes from perspective, comes from your frontal cortex, and being able to see what's possible if I make this investment. And so the preemptive strike is to realize everything that I think is probably betraying me. <laughs> ah, 
That's good. I like that. I like that. So and and yeah. then if you if you if you look at all of your actions and your thought processes with with a little bit of that skeptical eye, now you can put it all on the kitchen table and say, all right, which actions are going to lead me to the result that I want? Mm-hmm. Not just the thing that's feeling strongest for me right now, mm-hmm. which may be good, but a lot of times it's just your brain trying to trying to keep you in the cocoon. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing uh, that I would recommend is that you perform what's called a time study. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually uh, developed one uh, like a training for this that you can that you can do uh, for free. Uh, and what it does is you're going to take an entire inventory uh, of everything that you do for every hour of the day for a week. And you have to be honest. That's the only real requirement. You have to be completely honest uh, and and document like every 15 to 30 minutes, what did you do just now? Yeah. Because a lot of times, uh, a lot of times what we'll realize is, you know, I've had moments and I'm, I'm no pro at this. Okay. Like I'm not perfect. I'm just self-aware um, because I've had moments where I'm like, man, I got a lot of stuff to do today. I'm going to do this and do this and I'll check my phone real quick. And then before I know it, it's dark outside. Right. Like, Wait, what happened? You know, I was just playing this stupid game on my phone for like three <laughs> hours, just staring at it, you know? Yeah. But if I'm doing a time study and I'm asking myself, like, man, I'm so busy. I got all this, you know, I've got all this going on, but the data is going to tell me another story. The data is going to tell me, actually, dude, you spent three hours playing a video game during your prime working time. That's why you don't have any time. That's why you're procrastinating. You're actually doing these other things. You don't even realize what you're doing. I like that. That's a little, it's it's like staring in the eyes of your demons, right? Um, I did that with my money and I um, recorded every cent I spent every day and where uh, on this app. And it was so disappointing to see. I was just spending on weird stuff. Like I found out that that time I don't really drink anymore. I would have like one glass of wine on a random night um, once a month right now. But before I used to drink and I, I remember I would, there were nights I would spend $300 on wine, just, just the wine, not even the dinner. And then there are nights that because I got so drunk, I would go home and do drunk shopping on Amazon and then, and then the morning when I log my expenses, I'm like, what? I bought like a cheese fondue last night. And this, and I bought this like car- uh, Ferris wheel for like cupcakes. It was so embarrassing. Just the stuff I was buying when I was drunk shopping. A Ferris wheel for cupcakes though. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Actually. I baked mushroom cupcakes for my friends and presented it very nicely uh, at a potluck <laughs> last week. So <laughs> they loved it. Um, That's it. yeah um yeah so, so in the same way that uh if you if you use a credit card uh to make purchases you can go back and you can see what all your purchases were if you use amazon to buy stuff you can go back and see all the things that you did but how do we see what we do with our time yeah we yeah can't. and so 
doing performing a time study uh, will uh, will assist us in in, in much the same way that you know I if I put everything on my credit card I know exactly what I spent my money on it'll categorize it and all the stuff we can't do that with automation yet and so it's kind of a hybrid where you're going to have to be responsible to document this but if you do it if you go through that process you're going to start to see trends and what typically happens is we're going to realize that we're actually wasting a significant amount of our lives not even having a clue what we're doing. Yeah. We don't even know. Like if one of the rules of the time study is if you don't know what you did during a certain time period, you have to write nothing. Because if you don't know what it is, there's no way that you can measure the value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you know, to our listeners, like, don't, fe- don't feel scared of this exercise. First of all, it's, um, it's anonymous, or it's it's just to you, you don't have to show it to anyone. Uh, it's just good to see how you can manage your life better, really. Um, it is scary, and you will probably get disappointed at the results, you know. Um, and, uh, but Try not to procrastinate on that too. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> I remember. I remember attending this uh, mastermind with Ryan Dice when he was still CEO of Digital Marketer, and he said that all of their executives have a planner where they log what they did per hour. Not they don't really check them, but they wanted their team to be mindful of how they're using their time. And, um, and if they felt like they spent more time on a task, they can point it out and then talk to their supervisor for advice or for coaching. So I thought that was a a really good idea too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you were asking kind of that preemptive strike about procrastination, Mm. the, the, the best, the best way that you can be preemptive is to know what you're doing. And and that that knowledge will give you the comfort that your brain is seeking, and it will help you avoid procrastination. Uh, obviously, the number one the number one procrastination avoider is having a clear destination, knowing exactly what you need to be doing, and so that there's no guesswork. Uh, but a, but a close second would be have have that clarity of what exactly are you spending your time on, so that you can. The more data you have, the better decisions that you can make. And delay is almost never the best decision to make. Yeah, that's right. And then the other thing that I also kind of realized when you were talking is if our brain is only designed to make us feel comfortable or or safe or for us to survive, the other like rewarding feeling that our brain could get is also control. Aren't we less stressed if we feel like we're in control and having a time study and knowing where your time goes and then telling yourself, I can, I can control this. I can change this. I think that's also a really, really rewarding feeling that doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, you don't have to like make a million dollars right now, but the reward is that you feel like you have control of the situation. And I think that feels so good. Just that, you know, you see your results. Okay. I'm not very good at doing this. I spend too much time on TV. I'm going to control it or, you know, something like that. There's a way out. (laughs) Yep. 
That's right. And control. Remember, your your brain is here for survival. And one of the one of the best feelings of safety and comfort that your brain can receive is the feeling of control. Exactly. If it knows that you're in control, then okay, I can relax. Yes. We have, we have our hand on the button, not yeah. anybody else's hand. I'm not gonna blow myself up. We'll be fine. Yes. That's relax exactly exactly because also that moment that moment when it dawns on you that oh my god i've procrastinated on this and now i'm gonna be punished that moment when you realize you did this thing too late and you did something wrong that general feeling is just a loss of control a lot it's just really like ah, i can't do anything about it now because the time has passed and now i will be punished and we've felt that feeling before um can you uh, share about uh, one thing that you've procrastinated on uh, recently, Josh? And how did you how did you deal with it? Did you punish yourself? Did you what commitments did you make to <laughs> to change it or something? Yeah. Be vulnerable yeah. with us. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, well, I um, I'm not a huge fan of punishment per se, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. because especially self punishment, like. I'm not going to punish myself in a way that hurts too bad because I'm me and my brain's going to kick in and be like, no, dude, that sucks. Don't do that. And I'll be like, mm. okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I will tell you that one thing that I procrastinated on for months, ironically, uh, was launching this uh, development program that I have for entrepreneurs. And it was it was an idea. I, I launched this podcast called The Do Zone about a year and a half ago. And it was for the express purpose of getting across the idea that you can be in control of your productivity. Mm. You just have to pay attention to the signs, right? And I could have launched some variation of this a year ago, but I didn't because I didn't feel like I was ready. It's not right. You know, uh, you know, it still needs this thing. It still needs that thing. And part of me had a point. It's like, well, you know, I really want to put out something special. But another part of me was just scared to put it out there. For whatever reason, you right. know, I'm not scared of many things. You right. know, I've been in lots of situations. I've, I've received tons of criticism in my life. And it's, it's not that. Hmm. But there was like this thing that was like, this is different. And it's going to require explanation and, uh, you know, a learning curve and all of this stuff. Better wait till I got it just right. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And it just, it just drug on forever. So much so that it was like, I could, maybe I should just drop this and go back to being a fancy pants consultant, you know? Uh, and, but I didn't quit. And so it took way longer than I wanted it to, but I'm very satisfied with the product and the product's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect, um, but it did cost me several more months than I wanted it to because I procrastinated. I delayed waiting for that perfect moment where it was like the, the, the clouds part in the sky and the sun beams down on me and it's just like, oh, you know, like the cherub choir and everything. That moment never came. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm putting, I'm going to put my sunglasses off to the side and we're just going to go forward 
imperfectly. Yeah. I like that. Imperfect action is always, um, there's always rewards to it, even though it's imperfect, right? And even though we think that, you know, we could get ridiculed or talked about in a negative way, you will always learn something from it. Um, so when that happens to me, uh, thankfully, you know, you and I were both entrepreneurs, so we have thick skin. Every failure is just, oh, well, it's practice. You know, it, it, this is just practice. It's not a loss. It's not really a failure. So I, I think self-talk is also really important in trying to give yourself grace when, you know, you realize you procrastinated on something. Do you exercise any positive self-talk? What, what are the conversations that you have with yourself when, when this happens? How do you make yourself feel better? Uh you know, I, I went through, that's a, that's a, that's a really deep question. Mm. You're really, you're really penetrating the armor there. Hashtag um, penetrating. So, yes. <laughs> wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> right, I got the mushroom cupcakes. We'll figure it out together. So, um, so it, for me, I've all, I've gone through these cycles when I first started this entrepreneurial journey, like 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, I, I would go through these kind of manic depressive cycles, you know, these bits of mania where it's just like, I'm staying up till four o'clock, like working on the next idea, you know, and then like, it wouldn't work out the way I wanted. And then I would crash and be depressed for a while. And then I would be kind of normal and the mania would come the crash. And I would just repeat this cycle over and over. And I used to really beat myself up about it. Like, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Mm. Maybe I'm not capable maybe this isn't for me and uh the one thing that i realized is that's my own self-limiting belief and every time that i buy into that it's making it that much harder the next time to be successful mm. and uh, the, the the absolute best piece of advice that i ever got it was about a year ago i was in a restaurant um i had launched like some alpha, not even beta, like an alpha ass version of what I have now. And it was kind of clunky, you know, I got some people in and, you know, I had kind of an okay experience. And uh, one of the guys that had helped me and I walked over, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of going a little weird or whatever. And he's like, yeah, man, I looked at it. It's fine. It needs some work, whatever. It doesn't matter. Look, this is what you need to understand. Just don't quit. That's the difference between yeah. people who create something amazing and the people who just don't do anything. Yeah. Is they quit. At some point, somebody has tried, everybody's tried something and they quit. The people who are successful, they just never quit. Right. And that stuck with me. And he was like eating dinner with his wife, you know, I'll never forget it. And that stuck with me so hard that there have been moments where it's just like, the laws of physics are against me. Yeah. But I'm not going to quit. And because I didn't quit, that's what ultimately led me to every success I've ever had was it got hard. Delay became a very attractive option. 
a 180, walking away from that problem became a very attractive option. It just didn't quit. And if I can pass that gift on to anybody who happens to be listening right now, it's the best thing you'll ever hear. Whatever you're doing, I'm not a woo-woo, you know, like pump your fists in a crowded room full of sweaty dudes kind of guy, okay? But the best woo-woo thing that I can share is whatever you're doing, just don't quit. Because if you just don't quit and you believe that in your head, I'm not going to quit, it keeps the negativity at, it's, it doesn't keep it completely out, but it keeps it at a manageable level to where it's like, yeah, that's just my brain kicking in, telling me to go back to my comfort zone. Screw you, brain. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to find the solution. And if you keep at it long enough, you will find the solution. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, you're super right about people who usually, when people brand themselves as a failure, it's usually because they just quit, right? Like you said. Uh, and if they didn't, then they're still at it. They're still at it. They're they're still going, you know? I If I can, that's really powerful. So thank you. I'm going to remember that. It actually reminded me of that, that famous poem, right? Don't quit. Um, I, uh, I was on a speech choir in third grade and that was the poem. So I had, I still had it memorized in my head. So I, I love that poem. And, uh, every time I feel like quitting, you know, I just kind of remember it. Um, if I may add to that advice also, I think to really, you know, hammer it home, I would also take a look at my self identity and, ask yourself, are you a quitter? You know, quitting is, I think there is a nuance between the act of quitting versus identifying yourself as a quitter. And I've learned that if we change our identities in, and believe that we are who we think we are, and if we genuinely believe that, then that is very powerful too. So I have this friend, I learned about this before, when I was talking to a friend and I told him he, this guy always would always smoke when we go out. And then, um, and then I was being a nice friend and I told him, Hey, we can, you know, before we go to this bar, we can stop by this store so you can buy some cigarettes. And he said, Oh no, I, I'm not a smoker anymore. And then I said, Oh, you quit. You stopped smoking and said, no, I didn't stop smoking. I am not a smoker anymore. And, and then he explained mm. to me how that was like really different. It was so easy for him to just drop smoking. He didn't have any withdrawals. He was smoking for like 15 years. And he said, it's because he decided to just change who, who he is. He, he said, I've decided that a smoker is a disgusting person. This is a person that always smells bad. Their mouth, you know, like smells bad. They're disgusting. And I don't want, I'm not that person anymore. And that's in the past. And, um, I really found that like super powerful. So, you know, maybe, maybe if you tell yourself, like to our listeners, um, I'm not a procrastinator. That's just not who I am. I'm, you know, maybe that will, that will help. <laughs> what do you think? I, I think that's powerful. That's exactly, I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that uh, because that's exactly what happened to me. Oh, wow. I was a smoker for almost 20 years. Oh. I, I hated it for the last five to 10, but I kept doing it until one day I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to let this define me anymore. And 
I I quit smoking, but but what I really did was I became the person who didn't smoke. Like I don't I, I this is not serving me anymore. I don't need to be that person anymore. And and yeah, it really was truly just a decision. I'm just not going to be that person anymore. And so you were asking me earlier, like, uh, you know, that, that self-talk, uh, like how have you beat yourself up about it? And, mm-hmm. and yes, I have, mm-hmm. but at some point after, after this gentleman said, whatever you do, just don't quit. At some point I just decided I'm not going to be the person who shames myself anymore. Yeah. I'm going to be the person that finds a way and that keeps my emotions in check because my emotions when you when you dig enough into the science of in biochemistry and physiology of your body and brain and how it works your emotions are rarely operating in your best interest yeah and that doesn't mean that you should become a robot but it 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 does mean that you should always give yourself a like one extra filter to really understand is this emotion the best service to me at this moment and and really like let's take a step back from the chemical reactions and look at it logically like is this the is this the reaction i need to be having right now take yeah. that one extra step to be sure about it and that will open up this entire world of opportunity that you have not been allowing yourself because you are masked with your brain being in survival mode and a bunch of chemicals being pumped through your veins so you don't even know what they are, what they're called or what they're for. Start being aware of how your body works and you'll be able to make better decisions, including eliminating that procrastination. Yeah, because that's so true. It reminded me of this quote, which I think it was Dan Ariely that said it. It was like, your brain wants to think it's an oval office, but it really is just a press secretary. Which kind of means like nah. you want to believe that you're making logical decisions, but you're just making random emotional decisions and then justifying it with logic. And, That's right. And the and the thing is, the thing is, when we procrastinate, we still justify it. There, you know, we still have this. You know, sometimes we still have this kind of a knee jerk reaction of justifying things, like. Um, one of the things I procrastinated on also recently is I have a credit card that was issued to me in the Philippines by my Philippine bank like 10 years ago. I still use it. And I sent a payment. I, I sent a payment here in Mexico using that card and they marked it as like a fraud. And because of that, my card got blocked and, and now I can't use that card. And then every day, I swear, I even put it on my notebook sometimes, like call customer support, unblock your card. And then um, yeah. and then I didn't do it for like 90 days. And then, but all the while I was justifying why I didn't do that. I was like, oh, you know, oh, maybe I can save more money or maybe I can, you know, watch my expenses better or maybe I can... Um, I don't really need to do that. There's much more important things, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I just started uh, to to make excuses. And I think sometimes that's also, by the way, a trap if you 
I, I forgot if it was you that posted it or someone in Apex, which was like, sometimes being smart is a trap because you can justify anything. And sometimes you're just lying to yourself. <laughs> or, or, Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, or something like that. So uh, yeah, that's a, so what we replace that with positive emotion, um, the emotion would very likely win. Um, do you have any kind of light and quirky strategies to avoid or manage procrastination uh, that nobody has ever, you know, thought about, thought of, or just something really personal and small and quirky that you do? Or are you all about the identity stuff now? <laughs> <laughs> well, are, you, are you all about that, like, super deep, like, really heady? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, well, as far as as far as the 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 light duty work, uh, it, it, you you just put something any anything that needs to be done, you just put it through a quick filter. Is this something that needs to be done right now? Is this something that needs to be done at all? Mm. Or is this something that somebody else can do? Mm-hmm. So, am am I going to do it? Am I going to delegate it? Or am I going to delete it? Uh, and that's that's a quick and easy way of like if you find yourself not doing something over and over and over again, why aren't you doing it? Are you not doing it because you don't want to do it, uh, but it needs to be done? Well, let's get somebody else to do it. Or are you not doing it because you don't feel like it's important right now, which means we'll find out if it actually is important or if it's not important. If it's not important, just get rid of it. And the other, and then the only thing that's left is like, well, it is important, and nobody else can do it. No, nope, I got to find the time to do it. You know, right. so do it, delegate it, delete it, uh, keep that nice and simple. And if you find yourself continuously delaying, then that's when maybe you start diving deeper and doing all that heady crap that you know that you don't want to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do the do the time study. Um, sit with yourself and journal about this or something. Um, um, do you have any reward that you give yourself? Or just suck it up and get it done, man. It's like, yeah. come on, let's just go do it. Yeah, sometimes it's just like take the band aid off, right? Like, um, just do, do it. it. Yeah, do, it. <laughs> do you have any way to reward yourself also when you don't don't procrastinate on something, or is the reward of finishing that enough for you? It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I have not, uh, you asked earlier about punishments. Mm-hmm. I don't really punish myself for delaying, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't really reward myself for not delaying either. That's an interesting question. Um, I would say if, if you find yourself to be motivated by rewards and consequences, then, then put that in place, you know, give yourself some healthy reward. Not like, you know, if I, if I do all my, uh, if I do all of my exercise and I hit all my macros today, I get to have like five mushroom cupcakes. Like, <laughs> it has to be healthy. Well, they're keto. So a healthy reward of some. Well, okay. I guess. <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah, I, I would say I would say if you are if you are motivated by rewards and consequences, then put those in place. Just make sure that whatever they are, that that they are healthy for at the core. Yeah, no, that's a very good 
uh, nuance to mention because I was gonna, I, I did that. I do that sometimes just to make it like make my life more fun. And my reward is definitely unhealthy. Uh, cause my favorite candy is Kit Kat. And sometimes literally I still do this till now. And I'm like 33, I would put a Kit Kat bar in front of me, literally beside my laptop. I'm not kidding. And then I would have a to-do list. And then when I check off like five, I would eat like half of the Kit Kat, like one like finger. <laughs> and then I would Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like doing a Pavlovian experiment on myself. But <laughs> it's it's crazy. Somebody because... comes in and rings a bell and you're like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I just start salivating. But um it's funny because like whatever works for you works for you. And um, sometimes you have to kind of slow walk your way to to changing your identity or, or something like that. So you know, what I'm trying to say is like there's no shame in uh, in developing whatever strategy you want as long as it's good for you. It's good for the people around you. You know, you're not hurting anyone, obviously. Um, a little Kit Kat here and there, um, you know, doesn't hurt. For sure. So um, what about tools? Do you have any tools that you recommend? Any apps or or something that would help you avoid procrastination? Yeah, great question. So one of the things that helps me the best is I, I like to keep it simple. You know, when you're reading my bio, it's like sometimes just painfully simple. Okay. First of all, I recommend that you do a time study. Uh, if you if you find me on social media anywhere on social media at JT literally uh, and just DM me time study and I'll send it to you. Nice. Um, so find me anywhere on social media at JT literally and just send me a DM that says time study. I'll know what to do from there. Uh, and then, uh, so, so that's one tool. Uh, the other tool that I like to use is calendar, you know, just make sure that my day is scheduled. Mm. Uh, yeah. Some people say, well, hey, you know, do you live and die by your calendar? And I'm like, I don't I don't even understand why that's a question. Like my calendar, if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, you know, this call was in my calendar and that's why I showed up, you know, and I will note that it was in my calendar for 30 minutes, just so you know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I had the time, so it's fine. But uh, so anything that you need to get done, put it in your calendar and give yourself that specific amount of time to do it. I need to call the credit card company and get that block fixed. I'm going to put that in my calendar on Tuesday at 3 p.m. And I'm going to give myself 30 minutes, pick up the phone, call that. And nothing else can get booked in that time. It specifically says, call credit card company to unblock credit card. And that's the only thing that I can do in that window. So now I've given it space in my calendar. And if I still don't do it, then you either need that consequence or you need to reevaluate, are you actually using your calendar correctly? And so uh, do a time study, use your calendar. I like to keep it super simple like that. Uh, the only other thing that I would potentially recommend, and I got this, um, I used to be a, a, a music teacher. And uh, there was a uh, a lady that when I was first starting, she had me buy a kitchen timer. Oh. It's like a little digital timer. And it was a, a middle school beginner class. It was, a, I think it was a trombone class or something. And 
so the class was 44 minutes long. And so what she did is she set, uh, as soon as the bell rang, she had a, a little digital timer for set for 42 minutes. And that gave them two minutes at the end to put their instruments away and get ready. And so as soon as the bell rang, she starts the timer and had an agenda written out. First five minutes, we warm up. Next 10 minutes, we review yesterday's lesson. Next 15 minutes, we talk about the next lesson. The next however many minutes are left, 10 minutes, um, we we do some tests around and, and, and help people out. And then the buzzer goes off. And what that did is the timer was right in front of me. I knew my agenda. And as soon as we'd hit that moment in the timer, I'm like, well, we're out of time for this section. We've got to move to the next section. And that helped keep me on task. So that's kind of like a next level thing. Like you got to be really diligent about that. But whenever I use a timer and I have an agenda and you stick to that, you'll be amazed. Like a lot of times we just kind of like linger around tasks where it's like, right. I don't know. I, mean, I can kind of make it a little bit better. And we're just kind of sitting there. But it's yeah. like, if you've got a piece of machinery that's saying you're out of time, all right, well, that's good enough. I got to move on. And nine times out of 10, it was already good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's a little militant, but sometimes that's what we need. Yeah. Right. Um, that's, that's, that's the next level stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of the Parkinson's law, right? Like you, the, your task expands or contracts depending on the time that you give it. Right. Yeah. So um, I've, I've experienced this before. I've been an event planner for, uh, I would say over 10 years. Uh, and one of the, one of the worst tasks that would be assigned to me is writing the script of the MC, basically writing down, good morning, everyone. Welcome to, you know, Josh and Daisy's wedding. So I just manifested like your future wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I can't wait to meet her. I hope she's a Latina. <laughs> Better get a commission, bitch. Anyway, uh, <laughs> whoever that girl is, <laughs> pay me. <laughs> Josh, you're going to be a multi-multi-millionaire, so you're a lucky girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah that was my like worst task I just hated it and everyone was like you have to do this because you're the writer in the team and I would procrastinate on it and and then when I sat down to do it it would actually just take me 10 to 20 minutes but I would procrastinate on it for days and then um then when I when I learned about Parkinson's law I started doing that putting a timer just committing to do it putting a timer uh, another thing that I have enjoyed recently, you know, some of my other, some of our entrepreneur friends might also like this idea, but every, you know, a lot of us are on social media every day doing our personal stuff in our business. And I try to be more mindful about how I spend my time on social media. And I have this principle that I call giving time. And I would give myself 30 minutes to just give to people on social media. And I would sit down for 30 minutes and I would think about how can I give to people on social media? So sometimes I would remember a friend who has a hotel or a resort or a restaurant. And then I have a, I have like a senior contributor badge on TripAdvisor and I would write them a five-star review. Or I have another friend and I would just go to their page and write them a five-star review, you know, just like a gift. Or I would 
go on um, GoFundMe and then I would type on search whatever I'm feeling that day as a thing that I would love to donate to. And I would just like give. So I noticed that, you know, before on social media, I felt like I was just like doing business or sharing my life. And I felt like I was taking too much. And so I mindfully, you know, gave myself time to give, but it was, I was, I kept procrastinating on it. I would put it on my planner and then would never do it. It just never became my priority. So now I would just have a timer and sit down. And and then after every giving time, I would feel so good. And then I got used to that feeling and that kept me uh, going, basically. Nice. That's awesome. And, uh, and another tool, um, I love this app. It's called Direction. It's free but it has preloaded um, goals. It has preloaded goals for like weight loss, um, mindset, self-care, and then you can add your goals there too, and then the tasks per goal. Um, one of my friends from my mastermind shared this with me, and really it's so simple. It's just a checklist. So I have, for example, right now, like a weight loss goal, and it was like, eat 500 calories under what you're supposed to eat, lift weights for 30 minutes, 10,000 steps. And then, so it's basically like a phone version of the rings on your Apple, like Apple watch, but you can put different goals in there. So, you know, check that app out. Uh, it's called direction. Uh, I really recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. I have another question. So as entrepreneurs, we are always, you know, focused on our goals and in achievement, fulfilling things, getting things done. However, as humans, we also need to take breaks. So how, what is your suggestion? How can we balance the desire to like achieve our goals and the need to take breaks without kind of falling into a cycle of procrastination? Uh, yeah, sure. So a lot of, a lot of what happens with procrastination is, uh, is fatigue. We get uh -huh. fatigue. We overestimate, uh, our capacity for doing work. Uh, you brought up Parkinson's law, which is uh, really an important concept when it has to do with productivity. Uh, but then there's another one called the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is basically people tend to overestimate and be overconfident in their abilities on, on things that they really don't know very much about. Um, so, you know, if, if I've never, if I've never uh, played baseball in my life, I'm looking at and I'm watching people play. I can't be that hard. I get out there and, you know, I swing the bat and, you know, I'm, <laughs> it flies out of the into the outfield or something. And so uh, we tend to overcompensate or overbelieve what we can actually do and get done in a day. Uh, and uh, that comes from the fact that there's been multiple studies performed on this. And for the most part, uh, human beings are capable of being actively productive for about five hours a day. Uh, that's that's reaching the outer limits of your productive capabilities, five hours. And most uh, regular shifts at jobs are eight hours. Most mm -hmm. entrepreneurs say they're working 12 to 16 hours a day, but they're not. That's where your time study comes in because it's going to tell you that you're lying to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so if you, if you start to realize I've got a solid four, maybe five 
for six hours if I'm pushing it of productive time, then you can start to build a schedule and agenda around that number. And there's 24 hours in a day. If you're sleeping six to eight of it and you're working five of it, that still leaves half your day to do whatever the heck you want. And so if you start building your schedule and say, look, I'm going to give this a solid five hours, but those five hours, I'm going to dominate. And, you know, I realize around lunchtime, I start to lose, you know, I start to lose my juice. Cut that off before you lose your juice. Go and take a long lunch break. Come back after you're refreshed. Give yourself the rest of that five hours. Yeah. Or you realize, you know, after lunch, you know, I'm good for an hour and then I hit a slump. Put a break in there and then come back. Because all that's doing is your brain is basically telling you like, hey, man, my timer is is moving. Mm. And if you're going to try to keep me productive for more than five hours, I will stop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and so the so the breaks is your way of staying in control and saying, all right, hey man, you're my number one employee brain. And so I want to keep you happy. Let me give you all the breaks that you need because I know that you only have a fuse that's like this long. Yeah. Being mindful, I, I love that. I think it's so powerful. Like what you shared about being mindful of your contribution in the business as a business owner like it's kind of like if I don't take breaks I'm not going to be as productive as I want to be and the quality of work that I give out will not be as good therefore it will not be as good for my business I remember this quote that Warren Buffett said when he said the only job of a CEO is to make good decisions and you can't really make good decisions if you're overworked all the time or if you're burnt out all the time in this scam of I'm being very productive and I am doing all that I can without really fully, you know, without really fully realizing if that is the best for your business. So I think the word productivity, you know, varies from one person to another. And it's also important for us to be fully honest if what you're doing is productive or even if or even thinking if that is how important that is for your business. Uh, I think what I'm I'm trying to get to is what is your advice for like people who keep themselves so busy just so they don't feel like they are procrastinators, but they're like doing the wrong things. So I'm sure you, yeah, you're, you're a great coach and a consultant and you've worked with a lot of business owners. What do you tell them? They're like, I'm so tired, Josh. I work 12 hours a day. Like, really, this is my time study. <laughs> I, I, I question that. I don't believe anybody <laughs> works 12 hours a day. Um, so the, uh, the word busy, mm. I have a podcast about this. Um, it's called Busy is a Four-Letter Word, uh, or Busy is BS. Busy is spelled BS. I think that's the title. And nobody's actually busy. That's my argument. And yeah. I'm going to stick to it because actually I put that on social media recently and I started getting like some serious heat from people like, oh, it's okay to be busy. Like they were fighting me, man. I'm like, ooh, I want to I twist my thumb into that wound. Yeah. Um, but nobody's actually busy. It's a 
bullshit enabling word that we use to make ourselves feel better. Uh, the the old English root of the word bisig does not mean that somebody is occupied. It means that they concern themselves with the affairs of others. Actually. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, that's one definition of it. Uh, and that was the original use of it, where it's like a like a busybody. Right. right. Busybody is not somebody that's busy. It's somebody that's like, hey, what are they doing over there? You know, you're occupying yourself with other activities for the pure joy of occupying yourself, right? It's not necessarily a good thing, but when we use it, it's kind of like a euphemism for uh, unfocused. Mm. If you think about it, like, hey, you know, mom, I'm sorry I didn't call you back. I've just been so busy. Mm. Like, are you really too busy yeah. to call your mom? Or are you just not focused on making that a priority? Yeah, yeah, that's you know? so true. Gosh, I, I, I would have, uh, I, I wish I, I wish I could have uh, made some plans and committed to uh, this trip that I was going to take, but I'm just, gosh, I'm just so busy. Actually, you're unfocused and making the plans for this trip is not a priority. That's the truth, but we don't want to say the truth because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Like, mm. you know, I really like you, mom. I love you to death, but this is, it's just not important for me to call you. I'm unfocused and I can't focus on that or I'm choosing not to. And so it's a lot easier for me to say, ah, mom, I would have called you, but I've just, gosh, I've been so busy. Yeah. Yeah. But you're never too busy to call your mom. You just don't want to. <laughs> yeah. It's not your priority. Sadly, you know, um, I think everyone's been guilty of that, you know, literally risking personal relationships in the name of being busy and they don't even understand what they're busy about or, you know, something like that. Um, So it's, you know, being busy is fiction. It's just, you're just unfocused, you said. And sometimes they're also like disorganized, right? It's just kind of like one and the other. And, you know, in, in my business, like in outsourcing, when we sit down with a business owner to consult with them, okay, what do I, what do you need to outsource and how do we do this? They always say, I'm so busy. I have no time. I'm burnt out. And, and this, and like, and then me calling your company is like my hail Mary. And then they would come up with like, oh, okay, here are the job descriptions. This is what I need. But most of the time, it really is something that they needed to fix on on their beliefs around that word. Because if they, when they hire, they will try to keep that person busy without direction also, right? Without focus and, and you know, being disorganized. They're just literally outsourcing their, they're also just outsourcing their, their mistakes. So that's what we uh, try to avoid. Um Last question. So for uh, what is the quickest way that you think someone would have the most radical change? Like uh, we introduced a lot of principles today about time management, things that they can do. If someone was like, okay, Josh and Carla, you convinced me and I want to end this now. What is the quickest way that someone can kind of have their best chances of leaving procrastination behind? 
So there's there's one there's one tool that I have left in the can. You you have yes. you have officially like emptied the entire tank here. I'm like really impressed. <laughs> great job, great work. Uh, but there is one that I have left in the in the tank that I can pull out to answer this question, uh, and it's accountability. Oh. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you some science behind this. There's been some studies done, uh, and there's there's a couple of statistics worth paying attention to. Uh, there was a study of office workers, and uh, when they when they did the study of the office workers, they asked them how they used their time. And what they found out was, out of an eight hour shift, the average time frame that somebody was actively working in their job was about two and a half hours. And uh, what were they doing with the rest of the time? They were surfing the internet, checking their social media. This is in order, by the way. Gossiping with each other and looking for other jobs. Um, and that's what people are doing with their time. Wow. And one of the reasons that they were doing that with their time is because they were poorly managed and they were not being held accountable. And I mentioned earlier, well, you're only able to be productive about five or six hours a day anyway, but they're not even getting half of that because they're doing all of these other things. And then I'll give you one more study. Uh, And this one has to do with just accountability alone. Okay. That's a little bit about poor management, you know, whatever, but this one's just accountability alone. Uh, if if you as a human being commit to doing something, your chances of actually doing that thing, according to science, is about 25%, one in four. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Carla, you decide that you and your fiance uh, are going to take a trip to Greece. You're going to get married in Greece, mm-hmm. right? I'm, we're going to get married in Greece. And the chances of you actually doing that is one in four, which means if for the next four years, you keep saying, we're going to go to Greece, one of those years, you might actually go. Yeah. Right Now, if you commit to somebody else that you're going to do it, which creates a little bit of accountability, if you say, Josh, my fiance and I are going to Greece to get married, your chances of doing that, because now you've committed to somebody else, your chances of doing that go up significantly, about 65% two thirds, right? So about 65% chance that you actually follow through on that because you told me you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where it gets interesting. If you commit to doing something and you commit to another person and you set aside a specific time to make the plan, your chances of now performing it go up to 95%. Oh, so if wow. you say, Josh, my fiance and I, we're going to go get married in Greece and we're going to sit down with you on Saturday at 2 PM to go over the plans, buy the tickets, book the hotel rooms. Your chances of actually performing that task are 95%. Accountability alone will exponentially increase your productivity just that simple act and that that study was backed by science 
Yeah. That will happen. And, you know, think about it. If you don't have any of that in place, three out of the four things that you say you're going to do, you never do. And that's believable, right? Three out of the four things that you personally commit to doing, you never do. But if you had accountability in place, nine plus out of 10 of the things you committed to doing, you would do. And that's why I built my development program for entrepreneurs. It's all about goal setting, remember diagnosis, destination, discovery, and accountability by making sure that you follow through and do it. Those are the things that are missing for most entrepreneurs, whether it's their business, their career, or their personal life, got to have those things in place. Right. Wow. I love that. That's very true though, because a lot of uh, the things that we strive for, we know how to get there, right? Like when you said destination, discovery, sometimes we we do know it's like weight loss, right? Like we know how to lose weight. We know. But sometimes it's so hard without a coach because you you're not accountable. It's just you and yourself and you're you're nicer to yourself. And you know, I, I guess you you have no shame <laughs> when it's just you in the mirror. <laughs> but um that that's the that's the closest um metaphor that I could think of because when I was trying to build my habits of going to the gym, the way I kept myself accountable is I look, I Googled most expensive gym in the city and I signed up I closed my eyes put my card in and I signed up and I thought that that was enough but I still wasn't I still wasn't I would have weird excuses like oh it's it's raining so I'm not driving to the gym it's it was so like my excuses were just stupid but when I started working with a coach I would just be so embarrassed if I'm even late like a minute to to our session so i i like that i like accountability uh, i know i promised that that would be my last question but i have another last question because this makes me feel really i i'm curious you know as a friend and as as a partner as a sister as a boss how can i make how how can i be the best like accountability person for other people like you're, I think you're the best person to ask this because you've helped so many people get better, become better leaders. So uh, I want to know. The That's a great question. And the the best way that I can answer that is you, you want to be that accountability partner for someone else. That's what you're asking. Mm-hmm. I want to, yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to be an accountability partner. I want to do it in a positive way, not in a annoying way. <laughs> So this is what I do to be a great accountability partner for others. Uh, first and foremost, I help them get clarity on what they want, which is the destination. Mm-hmm. And whether we talk about the discovery and building the plan and all that stuff or not, I want to know, do you have clarity on the destination? I want to help somebody get that. Mm. And then once, once, they realize what the destination is, or once they realize they need a destination, my follow-up is always very simple. Would you like some help making sure that that happens? Hmm. They're going to say yes or no. They're going to say, yeah, sure, man, whatever. All right, cool. 
let's set a date and a time and let's put it in the calendar. Mm. What yeah. do you need to do? How long do you need it to go? And then let's put something in the calendar to talk about it. We'll get on the phone. We'll put the note in the calendar invite. We're going to talk about, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. And we're going to talk about it on, you know, this day at this time. Right. We start right. in the calendar, you invite both people and then you go. Make sure that the time frame is a little bit uncomfortable because if you're like, ah, oh, you know, give me a month, you're not going to take a month. You're going to take like three and a half weeks of doing nothing. And then like, ah, oh, crap, what's this thing on my calendar? And then you're going to do it at the last minute. Yeah. Most of the things that people need to do, they can do in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's really helpful because, you know, in this journey of uh, not realizing that we don't like procrastinating, but still somehow end up in that we have to, I guess, help each other out, right? <laughs> you know, our partner, our sister, our our employees, our friends, you know, it, w that works. And uh, that's really good. So thank you. Um, I know at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that when I reached out to you, I what what jumped off or what really like maybe you know want to interview you is at your podcast the do zone uh so definitely check that that podcast out guys and uh, i'll let josh talk about it you the thing that you said was to these two words will help you uh th these two words is like your enemy and it was start tomorrow right and then so don't don't use that. Don't use that phrase ever, guys. <laughs> Just start today or start at this time that you commit to. So I've learned a, I've learned a lot today. I feel like I've um, came out of a therapy session. So uh, <laughs> don't send me an invoice. I will block you after this. Um, <laughs> block you Way more expensive than your therapist, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but thank you so much. This has been an awesome um conversation really super eye-opening and I like how we fleshed out all those ideas so I'm sure a lot of people would love to know about all the exciting things you're doing yeah so it, it, can you uh invite them how they can follow you stalk you learn from you yep you got it so uh right now I'm currently in the process of uh of, of officially launching my development program for entrepreneurs it's called factor one and uh, what that is all about is it's about getting clear on your diagnosis, destination, and discovery, your 3D, mm. and then putting you into an environment that is supportive of you as an entrepreneur from my more than a decade of experience in growing businesses, and then also providing you with a one-on-one -on -one accountability coach for unlimited support to make sure that your chances of executing tasks are at least that 95% that we talked about. So that's called Factor One. That's launching soon. If you're interested in that, I want you to reach out to me directly on my social media, anywhere on social media, at JT Literally. Send me a DM and say, hey, I'm interested in Factor One. We'll have a conversation. We'll get you on the waiting list and we'll get uh, we'll make sure that you're one of the founding members. That's awesome. So find Josh on social media, JD Literally. He will be announcing. JT Literally. JT Literally. Um it's not Justin Timberlake. It's someone better. So <laughs> Justin Timberlake said, bye, bye, bye. But Josh is here, here, here. So, <laughs> that was such a dad. Hi, joke. hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. Such a dad joke to make. But um, 
definitely check out uh, JT, literally Josh Thomas on all social media platforms. Ask him about factor one. Ask how, you know, you, you might you know this might be like your door to the next level. This is your door to your next milestone. And um, you basically just had like an hour and a half of, you know, learning from him. So now you know how powerful this accountability could be. So thank you so much, Josh, for sharing who you are with us today. That was so powerful. And uh, I can't wait for uh, to see your, your future projects. Thank you, Carla. I appreciate you. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. And see you next week for another episode of None of Your Business. Hope you enjoyed this. And if you have any suggested uh, topics, any comments, feel free to find me on social media, Carla Singson and Carla Stefan on Instagram. So once again, thank you. Have a great week ahead and see you next Monday for another episode of None of Your Business. Bye. So it's a wrap. To my entrepreneur friends, I hope that you found this episode interesting and enjoyable. I know I did. Big thanks to our sponsor, Proximity Outsourcing, for making this possible. If you need to outsource anything in your business so you can scale fast and easy, visit ProximityOutsourcing.com and check out their solutions. If there's any topic that you want to request, feel free to reach out. I only have two conditions. You tell me why you find it interesting and you promise it's not business talk. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube and leave us a comment or review because you're cool like that. This is your host, Carla, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your interest in fun stories. Now we can get back to business. See you next week. And remember... Everything here is none of your business.